What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Got Next podcast. It's been a what two, three weeks, and that's because someone yeah. was back. Is Kim is finally back from his vacation? Rafa, yes. welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It was nice to be on vacation. Um, I missed, I missed a bunch of games, but it was kind of nice to not have to put my analytical thinking hat on. I could just, you know. Whenever I got a chance to watch games, I could just sit back and watch. Yeah, I mean, I think there were some other things in your mind during this trip. Yeah, definitely. There were <laughs> other priorities on my mind during this trip. Um, Guys, Rafa has come back. Not just a, now a fiance. Yes. I Congratulations, my man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I am engaged. So this is to the girl who... In our first week of orientation, Ralph was like, hey, that girl's pretty. And it went started from there. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. No, I, I remember when I, um, when, we, when I first met her, about like 15 minutes afterwards, we were walking down Commonwealth Avenue in Boston. Yes. And I run into you. I don't think we're in the same orientation group, but I run into you. And I give you a signal. <laughs> yeah, you told me. I remember you had... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny actually um years later meg told me she saw me do it and i was like damn it <laughs> so she saw it and i was like Ooh. well uh, well <laughs> you're now engaged man so congratulations yeah, congratulations I am now engaged to that girl yeah and our Thank three listeners are invited <laughs> <laughs> our three listeners That's not official. are invited to the wedding is that a, that's not an official uh, that's not an official invitation just just to be clear <laughs> yes yes um but yeah thanks man I, it's good to be back from vacation let's get into it i didn't this is not the uh the finals i saw but there's some stuff that you got to catch me up on yeah so what you missed the whole conference finals as well as the ending of the two eastern conference semifinals um kevin durant's foot Kept the Nets, uh, kept kept saved Bud's job in the game seven of the Nets. That shot was crazy. And Ben Simmons did not attack the Hawks defense very well. (laughs) Yeah, I know. My uh, my take about how Ben Simmons attacked a little better than Giannis did not age well. I will defend myself at the time because at the time it was true. Like that game, specific game I was talking about. I will back myself up, but man, has that aged poorly. No, yeah, I, will I mean, my lumps. the the jux, like you juxtapose Giannis's game seven performance to Ben Simmons, and yeah, that that it take did not age well, bro. <laughs> no, man, it did not. So, hey, I'll I will um, I don't regret saying it, um, but I will take my lumps for what it has turned into because Ben Simmons <laughs> passing up an open dunk is no good no bueno and then getting called out by both Embiid and doc after the quick yeah. game so uh, six are... say he's out and i think yeah, the probably... sixers regret not trying to trade for either harden or beal or zach levine kyle lowry i think also they were trying to trade and for kyle lowry player. yeah but you know i wouldn't trade simmons for kyle lowry no way but no, I, yeah, I, I think the lowry thing was they weren't going to trade Simmons for him. Yeah. I don't think. Or they shouldn't have if they were going to. 
but Zach Levine. Yeah, I would have. Now what I would have better with uh, Embiid for sure. I just think like the Sixers in this. I guess we're pivoting to Sixers off season now, but they need they need a perimeter creator because as good as Embiid is, um, their offense kind of flounders without him. And Tobias is great, but he's really like a, a an elite secondary playmaker, and yeah. they need kind of a guy to start things on the perimeter because as good as Embiid is, it is it is more difficult to be a post player today because they allow so much more physicality. So yeah, and Embiid, Embiid, I mean, even even though he was in better shape this year, he still has to take has still has to rest, right? So when he's off the floor, it's just yeah, the shit for them. He, the big thing with Embiid that he he's still a limited playmaker and it got better with that um face Doc up. Rivers adjustment, the face up, but it's still not like that great. You know, I especially come playoff time, it it didn't look good anymore. So yeah. they just got a lot of work to do. They do, they do. But Embiid's come up with a counter of his he he's become a really good mid-range shooter, and that's a really important counter for him. Next one is to improve his playmaking. But yeah, I think a perimeter creator for the Sixers is going to be key. Yep. So that was the that was the second round. But now we're, let's talk about the conference finals. Uh, Bucks Hawks, something we didn't That's expect. Uh, what were you think? Like that series is pretty crazy because again, the Hawks outperformed expectations. I only thought, I, I honestly thought, I mean, I, I told you Hawks in six, but that's more because the Bucks. I didn't trust the Bucks. And yeah, yeah. honestly, like if Trey Young didn't step on that ref's foot, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no doubt. But um, I mean, everyone, it seems like every team is dealing with injuries now. So um, man, and, and, you know, the Hawks, while they didn't have Trey Young in those same games, the Bucks didn't have Giannis. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Middleton, Andrew Holiday, especially Chris Middleton, stepped up. Um, but be- before we talk about this a little bit, I want to shout out Nate McMillan. He yes. after the series, he got a he got signed, very yep. very well deserved. I mean, if <laughs> I would if the if the Hawks didn't sign him, I that would have been really strange. Oh, absolutely. Totally so, deserved. So deserved. And I, I was really impressed. I did not know that um, Nate McMillan really had that in him. As mm-hmm. in all the, the really good plays, the really good ATOs. I, I was impressed. And so I, I think that he has earned his new contract and his new gig. So huge congratulations to him. Yep. The Hawks, the Hawks will have good, big expectations next year. We'll see what they do in the offseason. No um, question. But yeah, I, the, Giannis's injury, dude. I, I, quick insight, insight injuries like that. Did, that honestly, to me, looked like an ACL tear the way it bent. I, I really thought yeah. it was. I mean, wow. I you know, I would have liked to have seen it slow down and see if his shin bone, the tibia, shifted. But I was like, oh, I'm I'm really worried. And even then. I was like, okay, well, even if it's our best case scenario, a bone bruise, he is going to be out for a while. I don't know if he'll make the finals. And, you know, sure enough, he's there. And I am blown away. He's back and playing he's like... He's probably playing through some pain. Like, you can see. Yeah. He's playing well. But you can but, see yeah. that he's 
he can be gimpy. He's playing well, but there are times when he looks like he's grimacing and like he's not a hundred percent. But man, that dude, yeah, is a fighter. Much respect to Giannis on for playing through. Much respect. I guess a lot of pain. Yeah, seriously. Well, with this Bucks Hawk series, tell me, tell me, tell me about Bud though. Like what? what was the defensive strategy for them? Like, did, did they run a lot of drop to start and then switch? Like, cause what, what was going on with that? No, I, they, st- I, I feel like after every, at the start of each series, they kind of reset to their base defense, which is, you know, the really deep drop. And that's why Trey Young scored 48 points in the first game. Uh, but what they did, what they did do in the next two, uh, particularly in game two actually was, they just brought Brook. They just brought Brook higher to the level, basically. That's kind of what I noticed with the Suns too. But yeah, yeah. So and that it, it shut it shut off their water in game two. They they had a blowout win, and yeah, I think that was pretty much like. And then it would they kind of like, especially when without Giannis, they had to play a lot of more. They had to play a lot more Brook. So, right. I think they just stuck to level for the most part. Gotcha. But. Yeah, not a lot of switching as much in the Hawks series, but we'll get to it in the finals. They they are doing a lot more switching now in the in the in the Suns series. And so what I actually noticed is that when without Giannis, at least in Game Six, I only watched Game Six of that series. Brook Lopez dominated that game. Yes, yes, I'm not mistaken. Like he actually looked like he was playing big, and instead of being Splash Mountain, spacing for Giannis, and I, he's I a good impressed. post player. That, well, that's the thing. Like he is, a, he's a <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Like he'll take his lumps, and people will give him shit. But here's the thing: he's a he can play. He's really good. You can put him in multiple scenarios, and he'll actually do okay. I think he had 33 points in Game Five. And yeah, it doesn't sound like you watched it, but yeah, like he he really stepped up in Giannis's absence. It, it makes me wonder, like, okay, well, it's not necessarily that they should get rid of Lopez, but it's like, okay, but there's got to be a way to work those two in together because to, they both have such a physical advantage. It's like having – like, they're playing two bigs, but two very modern bigs that you don't lose anything offensively because Brooke can shoot, but he's also very versatile, and Giannis is Giannis. I think that's something they still have to figure. Like, it, I really feel like Bud needs to find out how to use him besides just spacing when Giannis is yeah. there. No doubt. I mean, it's pretty obvious in the in the Sun series. Like he's maybe just like, not even trying to get him in the post. He's just you know either spacing or trying to get offensive rebounds yeah. uh, with the Suns. But yeah, that was that was a, that was a fun series actually. Um, it kind of sucked in the end when there were no <laughs> no Trey no Giannis, but yeah. It was still, there were still good games. Chris, Chris and Drew stepping up was really fun to watch. No Especially because Chris no gets so much hate. Um, him yeah. stepping up was great. <laughs> yeah. um, Chris Middleton gets too much hate. Um, let's move over to the Western Conference. Uh, yeah. For me, I think this series has won on game two. You think so? Uh, dude, that, I mean, yeah, because it swung the series, I think. Because you know that game, the 18 game winner. Oh right, yeah, yeah, the Aiton game. I mean, Paul That's Paul true. George had two free throws and he missed both. <laughs> and yeah, like well, that would have been like two overs is one one, and they like they would have been up three two, assuming the rest of the games go the same way, right? Right, right. That's fair. Well, let's like, let's quickly talk touch on Paul George. I hate 
you know, we've made fun of Paul George. We made fun of him in the bubble a lot. But we have to give him credit. He balled this year. He in the playoffs. His guts out. I mean, I was so impressed with Paul George. And so, you know, I just hate that, yeah, as loud as we were when we made fun of him, I'm disappointed that Twitter made no mention of Paul George when he plays well. Very good. And yeah, I think there's that meme, right? The SpongeBob, the SpongeBob thing where there's no crowd when Paul George plays well. And then when he plays like shit, the whole crowd is there. Like yep, pretty much exactly. very accurate. Exactly. Exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there was also a, there was also a stat where he was leading the playoff, leading the league in playoff minutes this year by like a lot. A lot. <laughs> He was like at near 700 where the, and the last person was like less than 600 or something. Yeah, yeah. So huge shout out to Paul George for playing. Um, what do you think was the big key to the series for the Suns? Because it seemed like despite it being a six-game series, it felt to me, and I, full disclosure, I did watch every YouTube like highlight of every game. I watched every game. From the highlights only, and that's you can only get limited information from that. Yep. But it seemed like these two teams, and I looked at box scores too, but it seemed like these two teams were pretty evenly matched and it just swung the sun's way for a couple reasons. That that's why that's why I think it, it was a really close series, even though they, the Suns were up at 3-1 at one point. Because game two is the game two came down to the eighth and alley-oop. Game four was I really close as well. So honestly, like after four games, yes. it could have honestly been Clippers up three one. So kind of kind of similar to how the Lake the Lakers last year, Lakers Nuggets last year, even though it was four one, it was closer. It was a much closer series than what the final series yeah. score suggested. Because Anthony Davis three and yeah yeah. Yep, um, for sure. But yeah, I think the Suns the Suns team really just has a lot of poise, and it's really showing up in the finals as well. Uh, Absolutely. They're, they're, they've, basically they've made the shots and the Clippers didn't in those big in those two games basically. Maker I feel lead. it really yeah. is because it from what it looked like from the limited samples I watched and including the full game five and six that I watched, it looked like both teams got good shots. It's just Phoenix made them and yep. the Clippers didn't like as reductionist as that sounds because both teams made a ton of adjustments both teams especially the clippers like i'm gonna give tyler they, they really lot. did they really did they did so much on the defensive end from those two games i watched like oh and they would flip it to man at the last second and it's like wow um i i was really impressed tyler showed me some stuff and it almost feels like to me it's like okay well Kawhi Leonard would have been the difference maker because he's a shot maker. Yeah, and that's I, just more. That is more depth because if you, the more I look at it, it's like okay, well, it was Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Batum, Morris, and whatever fifth guy, Terrence Mann. Yeah, yep. Kawhi Leonard to that mix, and you get some Pat Bev because Pat Bev was effective in that series. That's a solid seven man rotation, and then you play Zubac in spare minutes. Zubac also got injured in game game three. And Zubac got injured. Yeah, they had to book. They had to trot out Boogie. <laughs> yeah, it, which is a good adjustment because Boogie was really effective, and so you know until Chris Paul until Chris Paul screwed him over. <laughs> yeah, 
Until Christmas, scrutable for sure. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it just makes you think like, okay, well, Kawhi Leonard would have probably made a difference in the series. And if he doesn't get hurt, there's a chance it's the Clippers and not the Suns in this in the final. Yeah, I, I honestly, mate, like, it probably goes seven with Kawhi. Um, the fact that yeah. the Clippers, much kudos, yeah, much, much kudos to the Clippers. Uh, that th- last year's team definitely would, would have probably gotten swept, <laughs> but actually, they wouldn't even be in the conference finals, to be honest. But this, this Clippers yeah. team, much so much more heart, I feel, than last year's team. Um, they, they rolled with the punches, people, people, uh, Kawhi getting hurt, Zubac getting hurt. Um, Tyloo really showed his coaching chops. But I think at the end, they were just really gassed. I mean, it was pretty clear in the game six with Chris Paul's masterclass. And <laughs> what, 38, 36 yeah. points or something? Amazing game by Chris Paul there. Yeah, the didn't he like, he, he scored like a lot of points in the fourth quarter, which, yeah, wow. And so it's funny because there was like a, a Bill Simmons Twitter storm of like, um, he was like, well, Ryan Rosillo said, how can you be the point god when he's never led a team to the finals? And, well, there you go. Dude, and it, it wasn't like he was riding someone else's coattails. He was the one who closed that game out. Exactly. So, yeah, huge. I'm super happy for the Suns, cause, mostly because of Chris Paul. Um, I, think, I think Chris Paul really deserves a ring, and I really hope that the Suns get it done. But they got to finish it out. It's not over. So... I think, um, is there anything else to add for that before we uh, move on to the actual finals? No, I think this is a great segue to, to the finals. <laughs> so I can't, you, I can't, you, you kind of gave it away. You are rooting for the Suns in this one. Um, I am. Full disclosure, I'm still rooting for the Bucks on my end. But what were your pre-series thoughts before thought- we get into the game ones and twos? I, I, I really like Giannis. <laughs> well, before my pre-series thought, okay, no, that's fair. I, I like Giannis too. He is one of my favorite players. He has lumps, but I appreciate how hard he works. Yeah. Um, so my main pre-series thoughts were um, whether Giannis was going to be healthy or not. And mm-hmm. I thought that it would be Suns in six without Giannis, Bucks in seven with Giannis. But clearly, I, I, I would like to revise that now, but <laughs> I can't. Um, and then the other one is... Coach Bud, when he is going, when he is going to adjust, because you know, I, I had a feeling that we knew what they were going to start with, which ended up being wrong. But they always start in their base defense and kind of feel things out. But yep. was Bud going to be able to make that adjustment by game two, or was he going to wait till game five when they were down three-one or something? Like, which is what he's done in previous series. Yeah, when they get punched in the mouth. That's when they change. So. Um, We'll get into that, but yeah, those are my big thoughts. Yeah, uh, for, on my for me, I, I, I agreed. I, I well, I'm rooting for the Bucks. I did agree. Suns in six. Actually, either way, to be honest, it, with with or without Giannis, Suns in six. Um, but and my main actually my main issue was gonna be Bud. <laughs> I'm on the train where they should they should fire Bud regardless, even if they win the championship. <laughs> but. Yeah, I didn't think like he would set up the the buck strategy. Yes, he, I don't know if that's gonna happen, but it probably won't. But he, they probably should. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's get into it um, in terms of the Bucks strategy. So, game one, they did not start in a drop. They switched Shocking. everything. Shocking. Shocking. But it didn't Bad work. Bad results, though. <laughs> it didn't work. Because as soon as Chris Paul saw Brook Lopez, he's like, oh, I'm going at this dude. I know exactly what I'm going to get. That's the problem. And I, you know, I feel like um, this is, again, where you kind of see the flaws in, in Bud's system. Because it's like, okay, well, is he doing it just because he's doing it? Or is there a purpose behind it? Because all the Suns had to do was set a pick with Lopez's man and Chris Paul had him. Yep. The Suns didn't need to do anything. And then the other three Suns who are elite defenders, Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder, they get to rest. Yeah. And then Devin Booker gets to rest on the weak side too. Like, are you kidding me? And so... You watch the point, God. Exactly. And so you just let Chris Paul isolate. Like, you just space him out, let him work. And my... I thought that, okay, after halftime, if they're going to keep switching, only switch one to four. You high hedge and get Lopez the hell out of there. So what because did they the do? other four could contain. They can do a decent job. So what did they do? They went back to their base, which is fine. <laughs> they went back to drop. But I like the, the adjustments they've made in their drop. They're no longer deep dropping. It's a conservative drop now which I like better, actually. And, and Lopez is actually doing a pretty good job. Chris Paul has just gotten comfortable and will hit him with the mid-range shot. But Lopez contests. Yeah. That's all you can ask. But yeah, I, I wasn't super thrilled about the switching because they, the, the purpose isn't there. I don't like that they're doing it just to do it. You're doing it to not be in rotation. And, but also, you also don't want to give a mismatch. Yeah, it was it was like same thoughts as you. I was really shocked they went into <laughs> they went into the draw into switching to start off. But I don't know. I feel like Bud, as you said, Bud's just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks, kind of thing, rather than having a proper like. Okay, this will probably work. Obviously, we're just you know podcast hosts. We we don't know. I'm sure he has. Yes, he, he knows much more. He's a professional coach. No, he probably has his reasons more than we do. But, <laughs> Just from just from what you're watching, it's it's a bit weird. It's like no the fact he went when he he did he did change up his strategy. So I'll give him kudos to that. Like yeah. halftime halftime switching strategy, that was something we were always like, hey, why 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 do you why do you why do you wait till like the fourth quarter or the next game to make your adjustments? But right to be fair to him, he's doing it like pretty constantly within the game now yes. in this final so far. But to no avail, the Suns are carving them up regardless of what defense they're playing. Right. The drop is the best defense they're going to throw out. Um, you know, I... Because it's, it's actually getting them some decent results. Because um, Lopez is actually doing a decent job. He actually defends in space a little better than I thought he would. And the thing with Chris Paul is that he, you know what shot he's going to take. The snake for every so often, he'll throw a pull up three every so often, but like 80% of his shots are mid range elbow shots. That's where he makes all the money. <laughs> no, yeah. They, the, the Suns definitely carved up the Bucks no matter what. But I do feel like this 
conservative drop is going to be their best bet because Lopez actually defends in space a little better than I thought. And, yeah. you know, because you know exactly where Chris Paul's shot's going to come from, you can at least contest and live with the result. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's more you can do to offset that. But then if you send more help, Chris Paul will probably find that person. But if you send some nail help and ambush him from behind, especially if that guy's Giannis, you can block him. Happened, it happened in one possession, and I hope Bud bookmarked it. So, mm, yeah, we'll see. But game one, I think one thing that we didn't see early enough, or we saw pretty late, was Giannis up to five. Did happen in the fourth quarter? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think that 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 lineup came too late? Because I think Brook only ended up playing like twenty something minutes that first game, and the Bucks did kind of make a comeback in that fourth quarter. I think they cut it down to I believe it was six, uh, but not any, not 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 any closer than that. Uh, right. Do you think that's a lineup that they should be playing more? The the problem that the Giannis at the five, like that comes with that, is now you're playing Pat Connaughton, and we saw in game two that Chris Paul started hunting Pat Connaughton, pretty relentlessly. Yes. Now it wasn't yes. always effective, but I feel like if you're gonna do it, you gotta run some stuff that will actually take advantage of the sh- the spacing. The switchability and the on defense on defense, I feel like they're just doing again. They're just doing it to do it. But what's the purpose of having Giannis at the five with the four shooters? It's to get some space, playmaking, and take advantage of Giannis's gravity, right? So again, I feel like Bud is doing this without a purpose. He's not really thinking about what he can do to the. To give the Bucks a good advantage, and I think with Giannis at the five, they got to be used. He's got to be roaming around a lot. Not, not, you can't just be having Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton isolate or just run one simple pick and roll and that's it. If you're you got to run some some other actions to get your guys open. Like if you can run some stack pick and rolls or a pin down for Chris Middleton with Giannis as the second screener or a double pin down where Giannis is a screener so he can dive Middleton coming up to get the ball and then take advantage of Chris Middleton's dynamic playmaking. I feel yeah. like they're not doing enough of that um, to take advantage of it. So Giannis at the five has produced some good results, but there's so much more that they can do with it. Yeah. I think Steve Jones likes to say this on a dunker spot. They're not seasoning their food. They're not seasoning their food. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's much more they can. They're leaving stuff on the plate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. But yeah, I mean, in game one as well, I think not only like offensively, yeah, you're right. I, one thing as well in defense, Giannis didn't look as effective on the five. At least in game I, one, he kind of, um, I don't know, maybe it was his knee, but he didn't say, obviously he didn't say it was, his, they didn't, he didn't say his knee was hurting. Yeah, but he didn't look as spry. In the, I mean, in, on defense, at least in game one. Yeah, uh, he was a bit late. Like, I think he was he was a bit late on like rotations and stuff in game one. And when they were, when he was at the five, uh, and the 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 Suns, as, as as I said earlier, they carved him up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and you're, what else did you see in game one? Do you want to talk about the off? You kind of touched on it in game on the box offense in game one. 
Uh, but what do you think of Drew <laughs> so far? Drew, I feel like some of it is just he's missing shots. Some of it. Like some of the shots that he is getting are, are decent looks, but it also doesn't help that because the Bucks don't run a lot, the Suns are, have people near him all the time. He's kind of driving into, into other people. And so he might be thinking about, okay, who's going to come over to block this or who's going to contest. And um, so most of the blame, of course, will go to Drew Holiday. I don't know what's going on with him. Like he's just missing a lot of shots. Um, very strange coming from his uh, game like, conference finals, the last two games with Giannis out. He did play really well. Yeah. Uh, but and then so far in the finals, I mean, game one he didn't take as many shots. He was definitely more aggressive in game two, but not definitely. as what. Well. And I he was not shooting well. Though. <laughs> yeah, and the big thing is that his defense has not been good. They're yeah. been inconsistent, like throughout the playoffs. There are moments where he looks like the Drew Holiday we expect, like the best on-ball defending guard. But at game one, he didn't show that, I don't think. But in the fourth quarter, he starts pressuring CP. And it looked like they were going to have good results because clearly they started doing it in game two, which we'll get to. But that's where I was like, okay, this is the Drew Holiday we know. He's physical. He's long. He's going to be a little dirty because he knows he can get away with it. But that's what you need. That's, that's Drew Holiday. So um, Drew Holiday needs to be a little better, but at least defensively he can make that adjustment pretty quick. I don't know if the shots will ever fall, but he can be that pest. And that can limit CP a little bit. Yeah, agree, ag- agree on Drew. Um, I like this aggressiveness in game two, but maybe got a little bit in his head as well. Maybe. Clearly, like they told him to shoot more. <laughs> He was super yeah. aggressive trying to find his shot. But there were times yeah. where, and I think Bebo Breakdown did a good video on this. He yeah, for sure. Missed some, he, he missed some open passes. And he I did. think there was, there, was one play on, there was one play where he passed up an open three to get a contested mid-range and everyone was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That, but I think that's a, a general trend with the Bucks. They're not a good extra passing team. Like, you know, that possession mm. of the Suns that kind of circulated Twitter where it was like, 13 passes to get to DeAndre Ayton for the bucket. The Bucs yeah. just don't do that because yeah. they're not being coached to do that. Because Middleton's a good passer. Drew Holiday is a good passer, but they're not, it, their system is not, they're not being coached to do that. Like there's something missing here. Yeah, are they, yeah I, I agree. I think it's all like drive and kick and no swing swing kind of plays. Unlike um, the Suns. <laughs> yes, the Suns. Now, here's the thing. Let's transition into game two. But the Suns, I don't think that they ran their best stuff in game one. And I think part of it is they're conserving their best sets. But they, they ran more stuff in game two. And it looked I mean, a little better. Yeah, I mean, as, as, we were, as we were saying earlier, if you can just get the mismatch with Brooke, why bother? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, in that first quarter, in the first half, yeah, don't, don't run anything. Let CP go. But in the second half, they weren't quite running their stacked pick and rolls, Chicago action, Spain pick and roll, but they ran it more in game two. And I think that maybe some of that is just not showing their hand. Because if you can get away with more simple sets and you can win that way, do that. 
Yeah, agree. Like, and it was wor- it clearly was working. So, but they were like fifty percent from three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so let's let's get in the game too, because the Suns start running a little more stuff, and it looks it looks a lot better. However, they did have zero points in the paint in the first quarter, which could come back to bite them in the butt. Yeah, yeah, like what there was like twenty to zero in the first like eight minutes yeah. or something. Yeah, and so that's something that the Suns are gonna have to watch out for because clearly they're not gonna take away all the points in the paint because it's Giannis. But there are things that you might be able to do um, to limit that impact. Some of it is being better on the defensive glass because a lot of the points in the paint were offensive rebounds. PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez especially. Um, so you can limit those to limit their extra possessions. And then you can't take away everything from Giannis, but I think you should be pretty aggressive with the help, even from the strong side, because Giannis is not the best passer. Yeah. And especially with the rest of the team, not shooting so well, might be a good idea to just, yeah. you know, load up on Giannis. Exactly. And if you, if you watch the way the, where Giannis's passes go, he always flings them really hard, but they're not always in their, the shooter's pocket, right? Like, it's not always in the shooting pocket. So yeah. that throws the shooter off the rhythm. That gives you an extra beat to recover to the, to the corner. And you can kind of disrupt P.J. Tucker's shot. You can kind of disrupt Brooke Lopez because neither of them are quick-release shooters. Yeah, especially That's Brooke. what I would do. Yeah, especially Brooke. So not that you're going to contest Brooke because he's seven feet tall, but... I think that sending extra help in the paint and force Giannis to kick it out. I think they should try it. Yeah. Do you, now, do you th- yeah. Good. Do you think that Giannis like being so aggressive on offense? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow. I'm gonna ask you what per Kendrick Perkins take here. <laughs> oh God. Does it take away from uh, Chris and Drew kind of just watching him? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not. I mean, Especially, I understand why Giannis did it because Drew and Chris, in, particularly in game two, were shooting what five for tw- five for twenty between them in the first court, first half. So Giannis yeah. probably like these guys aren't getting it done right now, and I gotta, I, I gotta take, I gotta, I gotta get us some scoring. So he was Gian- like what, twenty points in the in the third quarter. Giannis was the guy keeping them in the game, and yeah, I mean, exactly. we it's really Batman shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We really can't say anything because look at all I, look at all the graphics that had come out. Most points per game in the paint, the playoffs in the last twenty five seasons: Shaquille O'Neal in ninety eight, two thousand, two thousand one, yeah. and then Giannis. That's the list. Yeah. And then most points in a finals quarter last twenty five seasons. The list is LeBron and Kobe with nineteen, and then Giannis with twenty. And then. Giannis Antetokounmpo, points in the third quarter, most finals quarter, most points in a finals quarter since Michael Jordan in 1993. Yeah. So you can, say, you can say, like, oh, he's taking away opportunities from whoever. He's the one keeping them in the game. So that's bullshit. I mean, like, if, if, he, didn't, if he didn't try to score, like, Chris and Drew at this point probably would just Brick us, brick, brick, throw up more bricks, right? I mean, considering exactly. how the game went for them, exactly. Man, um, but yeah, yeah, 
no standards for Giannis on that one. But sorry, you you I interrupted you with that with a first no, take. <laughs> no, that was a very that was that was a that was a take um, by Kendrick. But yeah, no. So the Suns are gonna need to get some stuff in the paint, um, and some of it was because of the what the Bucks are doing. Like that that conservative drop is actually doing them pretty good, and something I noticed too is that they send more a lot of help when it's Devin Booker they don't send a lot of help when it's Chris there's a specific reason for that it's because Booker can burn them at the rim he can get he can draw fouls and get to the free throw line Chris Paul probably will not he's going to take the 15 foot mid-range that's what Chris is going to do JJ Reddick said it he has one move snake <laughs> the pick and roll and you're going to hit a mid-range shot Devin Booker can burn you in multiple spots on the floor. He'll burn you in more in a little more ways. So they send a lot of help with Book, and that's how he got all these kick passes to Bridges and Jay Crowder. And I think, ooh, Mikael Bridges. <laughs> yeah, Mikael Bridges. I love Mikael Bridges. But that's that's why the the Suns and it good thing the Suns are hitting their shots and they're getting open looks because of it. And Booker is making the right pass more often than not. But. I feel like they got to find a way to, to get a couple more points in the paint, whether it's getting Booker at the rim more or DeAndre Ayton um, in more roles or figuring something out. They haven't run all of their stuff yet, which is good. They ran some Spain pick and roll. They're only a handful of times. They're yet to do some Chicago action. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, the thing with their offense, I, I, you, they're probably not going to shoot 50% again from three. And probably actually, um, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but the shot quality uh, Twitter page posted the one for game two. And I think yeah. it was like 80, 82% of the time, they would the Bucks would have won this game considering yeah. the shots they got, which is pretty interesting. I'm not sure how much to take that into account, but because the Suns just, they ran, their offense is a well-oiled machine, I feel. Um Whenever the Bucks got close, they didn't they didn't panic, and they just continued running their stuff. And the, as I said, they they carved the Bucks defense up. They got their open threes. Um, yeah. They 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 really they just held off the Bucks every time they got to within six. Paul hits a three, Booker yeah. hits a three, yeah, back to back threes at one point. So yeah, very uh, very impressive. Like Chris Paul, I. I know it's a kind of a tired narrative that Chris Paul leadership is helping them, but I re- it, it's it's really showing that they're um, they're they're playing like a veteran team, even though this is like yeah. a bunch of yeah. young young players. And I, Chris Paul definitely has a lot to do with that. I'm sure Jake Crowder does too. We cannot forget the Monty Williams clip with DeAndre yeah. Ayton because yes. Ayton yes. looked down, and after that, Ayton made some big plays. I, Monty Williams is I knew he was a good coach because he ran some good stuff when he was in New Orleans and clearly like that team overachieved too because it was like a 22 year old Chris Paul and fucking their two guards Janeiro Pargo yeah so that team overachieved and Monty Williams clearly a good coach um, and he's clearly come a long way as a coach and so that we can say, yeah, it was Chris Paul, but man, Monty Williams has a lot to do with that too. And that was the best evidence that you could see. Yeah, I think definitely like 
the players seem to really buy into what he like even since last year i think there was a clip after they after they went in and on the bubble he was like really gassing the players up and you could tell yeah booker and those guys really believed in him as well believed in yeah. him as a coach for sure so and it showed it showed definitely showed in this year <laughs> probably could have been probably i mean i'm sure many people voted him for coach of the year as well no doubt i mean he he deserved it for sure yeah but yeah um We'll see. The Suns got some adjusting to do, but they walked away with a game to win, and they're two away from winning the whole thing. Um, that's something I'm going to be looking out for. Or how many paints can they, how many points they can get in the paint and the free throws? That's another thing. They didn't shoot a lot of free throws. Yeah, they they but generally, right? They're they. I think you mentioned this when we were doing the Denver Phoenix series. They they're not a high free throw rate team. No, no. In the regular season, they were 29th in free throw attempts. <laughs> there you go. But at least, at the very least, Devin Booker can get some. Because I think it was in game one. He took, didn't he take 10 free throws? So Booker can. Yes, Booker yes. can get there. Because he does a good job of drawing contact, slowing down. And I think the Suns just need to be able to get Book going like that. Running more. They run a, a bunch of... Um, double pin downs. I think they can tweak some stuff, flip the angle so that Booker can get going downhill instead of coming up for a three. So like he mm. receives the pass at around the free throw line, so he can just drive straight, straight in with one dribble. Because he already has momentum. It's not like he needs to take two dribbles to get speed. I think if they flip that angle to get him going mm. to the paint, that would be a good adjustment. Um, Trying to think, they can run some stack pick and rolls to get Devin Booker going downhill, a high stack pick and roll. Yeah. So, Wait, quick. I thought stack and Spain were just stack and Spain. Aren't they the same? Or are they different? What's no, the difference? Stack different. is a double double ball screen. It's basically a double ball screen, but uh, they are similar. But Spain pick and roll. Um, screen the screener. Screen the screener. So it's a little different. Yeah. Whereas okay, okay. it's got two it, it. it's ver- two ball screens versus screening the screener. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, but yeah. yeah, Booker went from nine. I think nine of nine in the last in the first game to zero in this second game. Exactly. So, exactly. So that's that's, that's an adjustment the Suns have to make. Not this. This was not the best Suns game either. Here's the thing: they're up 2-0, and they haven't played the best Suns game. They, no, I, they I haven't. They haven't. They haven't. They, they played okay because the shots that they did take in game two were the shots available to them. And in game one, they didn't run all of their stuff. So the, I don't think the Suns have played like all time. Like they haven't played great. They've played good to very good, but they haven't played great yet. And they're up 2-0. So if you're the Suns, like, okay, we have a bunch of stuff we can do better. Offense and defense. Yet we still won. Yeah. So that's a good sign for Phoenix. I mean, they're two wins away. Yeah. Um, okay. So you you've mentioned what you think the Sun should adjust. What do you, on the Buck side? What do you think they should adjust for Game Three? I yes. mean, so I think yeah, I think the Bucks. I don't have a huge issue with the Bucks defense anymore because the conservative drop with the selective help is like they they load up more on. Um, on book than CP, like I said. So I, I think they don't need to reinvent the wheel defensively. 
I think they should try to mix in coverages here and there. They should switch some stuff unexpectedly because it's going to throw the Suns off. Yeah. But other than that, stick to what you're doing because clearly it, the results were okay. And I liked Drew Holiday pressuring Chris Paul because it took time off the clock and it limited what the Suns could run. Yeah, I think putting they, they, they put Drew on Booker in game one. I think it's better. It's a better matchup to have. Yeah, because uh, Drew is going to full court press. Yeah. That's the and big t- thing. Tucker just isn't, isn't as good at, at navigating yeah. the pick and roll. Exactly. Uh, so instead of starting your, your actions with 17 seconds, you're starting it with 12 seconds. That's yep. big. That's big. So from a defensive standpoint, I don't think they need to change that much. Offensively, here's the thing. The first half, I actually liked what the Bucks were running. It, it was very simple, but and it was mostly the first quarter and a half. They were running a lot of stuff where Middleton ghosted some off some pick and rolls, and um, which moved shifted defenders enough that Giannis could get in the paint. And that yeah. continued a little bit in the third quarter, but the Bucks kind of let off that stuff with the last six minutes of the second. And that's kind of where they didn't score as much. And then Phoenix pulled away. Exactly. But that's kind of why Giannis got so many points in the paint. Some of their stuff they were running was good because um, it was drawing the defense towards Middleton, who has some gravity, and then Giannis took advantage of the open space. Yeah. And then when the thing, yeah, and then when Drew did get open, and especially like there were a few like shots where they were very makeable and he just missed them. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So they were. It feels like they were getting good shots. Yeah. So I guess that's why the shot quality thing probably has them winning. Yeah. Exactly. Eighty percent of the time, right? Yeah. But, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with what the Bucks ran. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the worst I'd ever seen. So, um, but clearly, like, there is a little bit of a lack of IQ there because, like, we mentioned the lack of extra passing, but there were moments where that infuriated me because there was. <laughs> Times when Brooke Lopez had Chris Paul on him, yeah. on a switch, and what do the Bucks get? A Giannis pull up three. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm finally in the camp where whenever Giannis takes a three, I'm just like, please don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm at that point too. <laughs> and then here, here's another one. To end the first half, Giannis had Devin Booker on him, and instead of trying to slip the pick and roll to get in the open space and drive, which he would have had if he had just. Instead of setting the pick, slipped it or ghosted it to go to the um, to the opposite elbow, he catches the ball. It's a rip through. He has a he has yeah. a dunk. He has a dunk. What what happens? The Bucks actually get the good or make a right pass to wide open Middleton in the corner or Drew Holiday. And what does he do? He passes it to the to the top of the key, even though Pat Connaughton's wide open right next to him. You could have at least gotten a wide open three out of it, but you pass yeah. it and get a contested three to end the half. Yeah. So it's it's kind of infuriating. Like this is this isn't just schematic at this point. This is like the season long coaching. This is film study. Like you you don't know that that's available to you, and it's it's it kind of pisses me off to be honest with you. They just gotta be like you know yeah as as I said uh, as. Steve Jones says they're leaving food on the table. They gotta take everything they can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like it's like um, to, to extend this analogy, it's like there's this massive buffet, right? And they're <laughs> at the meat section. They get all that stuff. They get all the fixins. 
but they they miss the dessert part of it. They're not even looking at the dessert. They're missing oh, things that yeah. are available to them. Yeah. Or they're missing like the extra sauces and the seasonings that they can add to it. Like they, they yep. miss the papaya vinaigrette that they can put on their steak <laughs> or whatever. Sorry, it's good, but not good. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, are you gonna, are you gonna, you can have it at home now. I want papaya to. vinaigrette. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to find some. It was delicious. But yeah, anyway. But you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For so, sure. um, yeah, I mean, I feel like both teams have not played their best game, but Phoenix is in a good position. So, um, anything else you want to add? How much are the Bucks missing Dante? A lot. Because we think it's about an- it, another option for yeah. the guard uh, CP or Brook. Book. Another guy to do the Drew um, full court press when Drew's not playing. Dante is a high IQ player. Like, yeah. Don- that's, that's another switchable guy. Like, DiVincenzo was kind of a big loss, especially for that. Giannis at the five, because that's five. Yeah. Instead really of Con- instead of Connaughton, yeah, that's that's five very good to elite defenders on your team. Yeah, they missed out on that big time. That sucks, and that's this is where the double-edged sword of depth. It's like okay, well, you have so many players, but you can't play them all. But when you don't have it, and someone gets hurt, it, one injury just changed their entire roster. Yeah, and they just give them less options. Now they have to play Jeff Teague, Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes takes really bad shots, I'm sorry. He takes pretty bad shots, he does. <laughs> Love he, the confidence, but... <laughs> yes, but he's not quite a Ray Allen. Contested pull-up threes and transition. Come on, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I have one question for you before we wrap this up. Go. If... If... This series ended right now. Who would you give finals MVP to? Uh, if Phoenix wins, because of course if Milwaukee wins, it's going to be honest. But or well, let's say at the end of the finals, who do you who do you think is going to get the finals MVP? Who would you say is going to get it? I honestly I, I think CP will win it from just the media because the media likes him this year. No question. But who would you give it to? But I would because I feel like game one, CP definitely deserved it. Yeah. At that point, game two though, I think Booker made some. Booker had a had a bigger scoring impact. I thought it was Booker game. in game two as well. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of like one one. <laughs> they kind of like tie. They're tied ish. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um. Mm, this is this is tough because it's not like Book played bad in game one either. He didn't he shoot. Did. He didn't shoot. He didn't shoot as well though. He missed. He missed a couple of open shots. That's a thing though. But. Yeah. Because my, my big takeaway is that Chris Paul is probably going to get the MVP because yeah. of media love and the stats are similar enough. It's like, okay, well, he's he deserves it. He's 36. He's been in the league so long. He finally he's, gets this. And then all of, the, all of the intangible stuff, leadership, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not that that's not unwarranted because his leadership yeah, yeah, is, for is sure, showing. For sure. No question. But the defensive attention that Booker gets versus Chris Paul gets is different. Yeah. It is different. Definitely, and, definitely. And so it's clear who the Bucks are trying to load up on and who they're going to live with. They are loading up more on Devin Booker than they are on Chris Paul. 
Yep. Not that Chris Paul is not a threat, but it's because they know that Paul is more predictable than Booker. Paul, Paul has one move, right? But yeah, I think probably two two games though. I'd probably still give it to Chris Paul at this point. I'm torn. It's very, but hair. It's very close. <laughs> Fair. Now, what about playoffs MVP? Who would you give it to? Remember, Chris Paul's been hurt through no fault of his own. Yeah. He got it, hurt, it, a fluke injury with the Lakers, and then a fluke getting COVID. Yeah, fluke getting COVID. I Both probably put Book. I think clearly for the Suns, it's been Booker. For me, it's Booker. Um, yeah, it's got to be Booker. Then if somehow, the, then it'd be Giannis, again, as you said, if, if the Bucks win. And potentially Giannis. It yeah. could still be Giannis, even if the, if the Bucks don't win. But we'll see. I, I got to look at this pretty deeply. But those are my... Those three high are my level three candidates. <laughs> yeah. In addition to Paul George, we can't discount his run either. For sure, for sure. Paul George showed us something. Yeah. All right. Playoff um, P. Um, let's. Do you let's still want to talk on. about the? Yeah, you want to talk about the US Team USA? Let's just do it real quick. Um, because once the NBA Finals is done, it's gonna come to a close pretty soon. Even if it goes all the way to Game Seven, we have a week and a half at most of the NBA <laughs> season left. But we've got the Olympics, and I'm thinking that this is going to be really interesting um, because pretty much every team on here has NBA caliber players, multiple. So let's let's break this down real quick. The Olymp- the men's Olympic basketball team is going to have 12 teams in it. Okay. Um, and what it's going to be is Japan, of course, gets a team because they're hosting. They have Hachimura. Yep, and they have Rui Hachimura. And I think they have Yuta Watanabe on there. Who oh, yeah, Watanabe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so Japan clearly has an NBA caliber player. Top. So how it was decided is in the 2019 World Cup, the top two teams from the Americas, from Europe, and then the top team from Asia, Africa, and Oceania get a bid, which turned into, of course, the United States and Argentina for the mm-hmm. Americas, Spain and France, Nigeria, Iran, and Australia. There's no shockers there. Um, and yep. then there were recent Olympic qualifying tournaments. I don't know if you watched any of them. I kind of saw some highlights. I only watched the Philippines, the, a few of the Philippines ones. Of course. Yeah. The <laughs> Philippines ones. Who did we they lose? Suck. We lost to the Dominican. Yeah. Dominican Republic. Yeah. So that sucks. But you know, very strange, very, very strange team we had on, uh, all the youngsters. Yeah. Kai Soto team was on there. And, all yeah. the Ateneans as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, no but the Dominican <laughs> sent players to the NBA. But, um, you know, Olympic qualifying tournaments for the four winners. So it ended up being Italy, Germany, Czech Republic, and Slovenia. So Luka Doncic is going to be there. And, yeah. man, I, you know, I'm actually low-key excited because every, pretty much every team has an NBA player on it. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, actually, I didn't realize this. Um, could you, that's, I mean, obviously, the U.S. has a lot. I'm trying to look at these name, these teams. Who yeah. is the, who are who are I would, the team? So I I would start with looking at Nigeria's team. It's very very interesting. Who is on there? Well, I know off the top of my head, Mike Brown's the head coach for Nigeria. Oh, Mike Brown! Wow, Mike Brown is the head coach of Nigeria. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They have, oh, Alfruk Amino. Alfruk Aminu. Aminu, yep. I'm trying to see if I notice, if I, if I know anyone else. Ekpe Udo. Ekpe Udo. 
Apparently, Metu Chimezi is from the Kings. I'm not sure. Josh Akogi. Josh Akogi. Yeah, so they, they those, have... those are the three. Those are the three. The other ones are yeah, I was... or EuroLeague. Yeah, which I, I was a little surprised by, to be honest with you. Um, oh, Giannis has Nigerian descent. Interesting. <laughs> could play for Nigeria. That would be kind of interesting. But he's going to play for Greece. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So clearly, Nigeria has players. Of course, Australia has a lot of players. Fucking yes. Joe Ingles, Patty Mills. It's, uh, what sucks is that Ben Bogut. Simmons isn't going to play. But yeah. Yeah, he's getting, he's chilling and um, watching yeah. the tennis games or whatever. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway. That's yeah, all good. But, and then, of course, Iran has the brown mamba, uh, Hamed Haddadi. Yes. Um, of course, we don't need to talk about Spain, France, or Argentina. Very good. Um, did you know that Nico Mannion plays for Italy? Oh, really? Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know he's Italian. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm actually excited because I think we've got a lot of stuff to break down for the Olympics. So just a preview for that. Let's talk about the U.S. roster. So we have Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, KD, Tatum, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Dame, Draymond Green, Zach Levine, Kevin Love, and Jeremy Grant. That's the team. What do you think about it? I mean, it's obviously not the best, the best, not the best players, but I, I'm really surprised KD's here, to be honest. Since he's already played too. twice. I am too. And considering his load matching the whole season. He wasn't really, though. He got injured. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like, he, he, he wasn't playing. The, I mean, I guess maybe that's why he wants to, he wants to play because he has time. I mean, he, he's not as tired. He missed out on about... basketball for 18 months. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. The, the, this probably the this they still should win. Maybe. Um, but I they think they could. Uh, I'm not. Do you think there anyone? There's anyone they should have brought in. Um. I Caleb. Mean, LeBron James, <laughs> but no, he's not gonna play. <laughs> he's yeah, playing. In, he's playing against the Toon Squad. What sucks is that Anthony. Yeah, that's true. Anthony Davis would have been a really really good guy on here. Um. Yeah, but he's injured. They don't think he I wants know. to play. Yeah, no, no question. He needs he needs to rest. He wouldn't be able to handle it. So, Anthony Davis was the first name that came to my mind. It's like, okay, well, you have Bam and you have Anthony Davis, like really switchable Oof. bigs. Wow. And then on throw top in of Draymond. That, Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah. That's like those are the three most versatile defensive bigs in the NBA. So that would have been perfect. They would have beat up on some teams. Um, so. Anthony Davis was the main one. I think... No um, Steph. Yeah, Steph would have been the other one. The three-point shooting. He would have he would have forced teams to defend him from half court. Because he would have... Think about how short the the um, the court is now because of the three-point line. And then mm. you add Stephen Curry to that, man. But he, yeah. needs to, he needs to rest. But here's the thing. It's not... All is not lost because they have Dame. Same thing. <laughs> same problem for the opponents. So same problem. So it's it's not a huge loss. Other than that, it I really don't think they're they've lost out on on much. I think this is the best they really could have done outside of potentially adding Anthony Davis, but there's a yeah. clear reason. Um No, it, this team's this team's pretty good. I'm surprised I mean Jeremy Grant, that's that's did he play before? Has he played in a previous Olympic team or Team USA? I, I feel like this might be his first one. Uh, I think it, this is the first one. 
At least for Olympics or yeah. World Cup. I was, yeah, I was definitely a little shocked with both um, Zach Levine and Jeremy Grant a little bit. Although Zach Levine's a solid player. Like, I, I'm not yeah. mad about it. It's just... Um, Kevin Love? <laughs> Kevin Love is probably there for um, for shooting, for rebounding, and for better leadership. But if I, I thought you were going to say... Kevin Love... What? I thought you were gonna say token white gay. That's, that's <laughs> Jalen Rose. I don't know if you saw if you saw that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's a good one. But honestly, you know who? Oh wait, no, he wouldn't have qualified. I was gonna say they should have put Carl Anthony Towns, but he's Dominican. Ah. So Carl, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns could have played. But you know what? that. I mean, other than that, Jeremy Grant. Maybe they put, should have put. You know. Zion Williamson. Ooh. Yeah. That would have been a really good... Because it's like... Zion's beating up on the biggest NBA player. So, man. Could you imagine him as a small ball five? Like, what a terror he would be. Especially against the non-NBA players. Oh, my God. I really thought that Zion as their 12th guy would have been huge. Who do you think uh, starts on this team? Um, Bam. Bam, KD. KD at the four, Tatum, um, Damian Lillard, and I want to say Booker? Devin Booker, but I think that because he's missing some practices right now, they're either going to start Beal or Levine. Yeah, they I wonder start if Beal. I wonder if these the Bucks and the Suns on this squad are going to play a lot. Considering they're coming, I mean, if they're gonna want to play a lot, considering yeah. they're coming from the finals, for sure. So we'll see. Um, yeah, no team's gonna beat that team. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, my sleeper team is Australia. Mm. I think they're rated. They're rated pretty highly. I think they're like third in the world or something. Yeah, in the FIBA rankings. So that's if there was a team that could beat the U.S., it would be Australia to me. We can't sleep on Spain. Ever. Yeah. We can't sleep on France ever. I mean, we think the, about it. Rudy Gobert last... would have yeah. significantly more defensive impact because he's allowed to just stay in the paint. The no three in the key, yeah. Exactly. But we'll see. That's good. That's probably going to be our uh, coverage. Summer coverage. Summer it's coverage. Be fun. Yeah. And we've got many more things to talk about so let's uh i think we've talked a lot so let's let's end this right here um let us know your thoughts on our socials at got next blog and on twitter and instagram visit our website at gotnextsite.wordpress.com follow me on hardwood amino uh i am rafael with a filipino flag next to it it's spelled r-a-f-a-e-l because and I haven't said this in a while. H is stupid. <laughs> um, who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals? The Suns are in a good position. But we've seen teams in the past come back from down 0-2. It's happened recently. So do you think it's, the Suns can get it done? Or There's the only been four back? teams who've done it, though. In, in the history of the NBA or just in the Finals? In the Finals, in the Finals. Yeah, but hey. So it, it's, it's, it's been done. So, it's been know, done, it's been done. So who knows? It, it could totally happen. So that's it for the show. Who's got next? Who's the Suns got next? Who's Chris Paul have next? Rafagan has next. Chris.
Yes, we do.